the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Monday edition of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. I am Ron Cabuno. Thank you very much for tuning in. It is December 13th. As always, if you like the show, like us on Facebook and subscribe and give us a review anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, it was a busy weekend. As you might be able to tell from my voice, I got sick. Let's just say that having a kid in daycare is a mixed bag. But nonetheless, please disregard my stuffy raspiness. Let's get on with the news. There was a bunch of stuff going on this weekend. A lot of it coming out of Fox News, of course, and we will get to that in a second. But I'm going to start off by mentioning something that I talked about last week, and that is me not being abreast of everything that's going on entertainment-wise in the Valley. And this one hurts. Kenny G performing at the Packard Music Hall tonight. Not only that, but performing his absolute masterpiece of a Christmas album, Miracles. And I say masterpiece because it hits all the right notes for me. First, it's jazz. And if you haven't been able to discern, all of the best Christmas songs are jazz-based songs. And so I think it's really great that this time of year, everyone goes around essentially listening to jazz and maybe not realizing it. So you have that. But then you also have his lilting alto saxophone. And there's not a warmer sound in the entire symphonic repertoire, especially for these types of songs, especially for the solos that he does. And then you couple that with the time that it was made, which was peak 90s feel-goodery all around us. My family back then was basically living carefree, and I know a lot of other people around the country were too. So it's nostalgic and pitch perfect and technically awesome. So the fact that I'm going to be missing a live performance of that, it hurts. It hurts bad. But you can't win them all. In salacious entertainment news, please tell me you heard about this Madonna photo shoot. If not, you might want to look it up. Because, for some reason, it's got key players including 50 Cent, conservative loudmouth Ben Shapiro's sister, and Nancy Reagan. And although there are separate stories, it's essentially Madonna posting a set of boudoir session photos online in her early 60s. And so the Abby Shapiro story is one where she was comparing Madonna at that age to pictures of Nancy Reagan at a similar age, dressed in all her Land's End, L.L. Bean-style outfits out on the lawn with her family and said, who would you rather be, trashy or classy? And unfortunately, all I'm going to say here is that there are, there are some very specific passages in Nancy Reagan's recent biography that would lead folks to believe that while she may have been quite classy in her later years, she was a little bit less so a couple decades prior. So it's essentially a glass houses throwing stones scenario. You might want to check that one out. The 50 Cent thing was he thought one of the pictures, and it is an odd one, of her essentially like crawling under the bed and just showing her butt and legs hanging out. He said it looked like uh, the Wicked Witch of the West with a house on top of her. And then something about, I don't know, maybe she's too old for this. But regardless, she shoots back and says, how dare you? This is my expression. Quit being so ageist. All that good stuff. I'm still allowed to look good. And uh, 
I guess I agree with that, but I always have a tough time with people whose bodies and faces are at least over 50% manipulated or fake in some way, trying to tell me about how we need to appreciate the aging process. Well, maybe they should too. Be happy with how you look. Be happy with what Father Time has graced you with. We're all lucky to still be here, so why not go around showing how many rings are in our trunks as a sense of pride? Anyways, that is uh, a bit steamier than we normally do here on the show, but I thought it was pretty interesting, and if you haven't checked it out, please, by all means. Also, in just absolutely wild entertainment news, Peloton is now possibly looking at litigation against Sex in the City, and you heard that right. Because, as I found out when I came home to my wife crying, Sarah Jessica Parker's longtime love interest, the Mr. Big character, well, he dies on maybe the first episode of the reboot of the show. And he dies after hopping on a Peloton bike for his 1000th ride. So there's a lot of gray area in terms of how you're able to use a trademark product in a show. And usually if it's going to show that product in a bad light, you kind of have to get written permission from the manufacturer. Well, they didn't do that, and it came as a total surprise to them. Their stocks dropped of 11% like overnight on top of the 75% that's gone down year over year because, well, COVID. A lot of people were buying them at the time. They were all the rage, and things have slowed significantly, and basically everyone who wanted one already got one. And so they are essentially able to bring a lawsuit forward against the show if they wanted to. But in a sign that they might not be doing that, they hurried up and released a commercial. A commercial with the actor who died on the show being very much alive. Not only that, they showed him with his trainer from the show, and they are commiserating in a Christmas environment, let's say, when he looks over at her and says, shall we take another ride? Life's too short not to. And in the background, you see it's not a sexual innuendo. They're talking about the Peloton bicycles in the background. Pretty funny. And if anyone can settle or resolve something without getting litigious, I am all for that. The spot was voiced over by actor Ryan Reynolds, and then goes on to reassure fans of the show that Christopher Noth, a.k.a. Mr. Big, is very much alive. And even though it's pretend, I think my wife was a little comforted by this news. Matter of fact, I heard that one of her very good friends reacted in the very same way, and her husband found her in a similar sad state and wondered what the heck was going on. Powerful stuff, I guess. Well written. I'll never know. And now on to the meat and potatoes of the show, a.k.a. How Fox News is essentially ruining the country and thus the world. Hyperbole? I don't think so. Now, as you may know, the Mahoning Valley and a lot of Ohio were spared the deadly effects of the horrible December storm front that came through and ripped across the country, killing dozens, many, many in Kentucky, and it essentially just stayed south of us. And after giving condolences during comments about the event, President Biden said essentially that if these types of storms aren't evidence enough of global warming, what is? And I totally agree, because for so long, it's all been about the hypotheticals, or the incremental increase that is almost imperceivable. So the scientists were saying, look out, sea levels are going to rise, and 
storm systems are going to be more frequent and far more powerful, and we're actually seeing it now. So there's no more denying just on the possibility of it. These are actual events, and they can be linked to climate change. But Fox, of course, had to say, how dare President Biden use this tragedy to advance his climate agenda? And I gotta roll my eyes at that. When else are you supposed to do it? If you're talking about it before this type of thing happens, the response is, well, it snowed in December, so global warming's not real, or some other ridiculous excuse. But when you actually see it going down and costing scores of lives, is that not the time to at least address it? To at least shed a light on the causality that's at hand? I don't know. I think they're just in the business of being anti-common sense right now. And you know what? The number of people who believe that Fox is completely irresponsible is growing. And this weekend, it significantly grew by one. When the longtime supposed legitimate face of Fox News news side, not their opinion side of course, Chris Wallace says he's had enough. Not only that, but he's going to the other side of the street. He's going to start working for CNN. Does CNN sensationalize darn near everything they cover? They sure do. Are they a lot closer to the truth and probably not misleading half of the country into violence as Fox does on a weekly basis, on a nightly basis? Absolutely. So a good move for him, and he's probably been worried about his integrity for some time now and finally has a chance to do something about it. So congratulations. Lastly, one small little political nugget. The January 6th commission is uncovering tons and tons more incriminating stuff. And let's hope that this actually could change a mind or two just by how devious and anti-democratic it's gotten. So last week, of course, former chief of staff Mark Meadows, who said he's going to take the fifth and not answer and not cooperate and probably going to get called into contempt today by the time you listen to this, said that he was given a PowerPoint presentation by someone, you know, out of these right wing groups about how to overthrow the government on January 6th, a PowerPoint presentation. He said he didn't do anything with it, but he just so happened to get it. Uh, now, there are more details coming out about his involvement with these types of groups. Apparently, there was a memo sent out. Apparently, he allegedly said to a member of one of these groups that the National Guard would keep Donald Trump's supporters safe on January 6th, essentially letting them ransack the Capitol and try to overthrow the government with a coup. And if that isn't bad enough, we're now seeing that Top members of the Trump administration were working with the National Guard to keep the National Guard from responding during this calamitous event. It just gets thicker and thicker by the day. Every single bit of it needs to have the light shun on it. But it doesn't make it any less gross to hear about, to think that the rot goes so deep in so many directions. How has everyone lost their way? How does essentially white supremacy ideology blind you to rational thought and common sense? or at least change the structure of what you believe to be rational thought and common sense. It's total pollution of the mind. And I'll leave you with this final little nugget. Apparently, the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th were united by one little bit of info. And it wasn't how poor someone was, how educated someone was, or even what state they came from. But more specifically, there is a huge correlation between people who went to the Capitol on January 6th living in communities where the white population was in decline. So think about that for a second. That was the biggest driving factor determining whether or not they decided to go to this horrendous event. Really sick, and uh, it's a sickness that this country is going to have to deal with very soon. 
before the next election actually does get stolen. All right, sorry to bum you guys out or call you guys out depending on which side of the aisle you're on, but we're going to do it again probably tomorrow on another episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.